This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word. This week on the Inside Word, we catch up with Joanne Sergner, who's enjoyed recent success with Shoa Roses. Joanne, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Emily. I guess most importantly, how has uh, Shoa Roses come through that last win? Ah, she's full of herself. She worked it again this morning and yeah, you'd hardly know she'd had a race. She's just really well and really good at the moment. She paid uh, pretty good money to get up and win. Were you were you quietly confident? Yeah, her week work through the week previous was very good. Um yeah, she was right in the code, everything looked good with her. Um yeah, it was just a draw that was the concern and I thought well, there's only one way to go is go forward. Crossover if we can and um, just lead, and it all panned out beautifully. It did. She's got great gate speed, hasn't she? Yeah, she's electric out of the gates. That's how she hurt herself at the first start back at Darapa. She jumped so well, she pulled a muscle. So, yeah, great start. <laughs> What's the plan now? Where, where do you go with her from here? Um, we're going to go to the um, Rich Hill Mile and then probably give her a little break, and then probably the Breeders at Tiarawa looking towards that. Mm. I wanted to get into a little bit of uh, your background because when I was doing my research, you've had just such a a fascinating career in the racing industry. You're a a Southland girl originally. Were you always a a horse lover? Yes, I was. My father was a jockey way back in the day. Um, Yeah, so we've been around horses all our lives. So, yeah, it was just a sort of slow progression to... What I'm doing now, I suppose, there was a couple of sidetracks, but yeah, still ended up back with the horses. <laughs> Your dad, um, as well as being a jockey, uh, I think he was a stud master at, is it Chalandry Stud? Were you allowed to help him out on the farm or was it no kids allowed? No, we were there. We had our ponies and were zooming around like maniacs as you do. And yeah, it was just kids were everywhere. We were, you know, we just worked and rode and went to school back in those days. Mm. What about um, riding track work for Garth Jackson? How did, how did that opportunity come about? Well, I was at high school and I was, Dad was working for Mary Daly at that time and um, I was riding a little bit of track work there and then um, Garth said to me, well, why didn't you think about coming in and riding track work and maybe being a jockey, but I was a wee bit tall and a little bit like my food, so I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ended up coming north. Um, where, where did that opportunity arise from? Um, it was just a decision. Mum and Dad moved up this way, so I came too, and I did a couple of courses at Waikato University and then was working part-time on the stud. I was at Hanui at that time doing student, and uh, then I won – a scholarship to go to the National in England, and I did that. And while I was there, I rode a little bit of track work for Henry Cecil, which was a, an amazing thing to do, very big learning curve. And, uh, yeah, I've been blessed, actually. Mm. Well, was the English National Stud course something that you uh, had to apply for yourself, or how did that work out? I won the scholarship through the New Zealand Thoroughbred Breeders, believe it or not. Wow, well done. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> I was awesome. the first time. <laughs> and you mentioned about some some big learnings at uh, Henry Cecil's. What were they? 
oh, we're just, um, you know, different style of training horses and, you know, more time with the horse. And, we, you know, we normally would be on a horse for about an hour. You know what it's like over there. Mm. So, yeah, I just loved it. It was great. It was a great experience. Um, I, I read uh, about you that it's not just uh, your father or immediate family that's involved in horses. Are there quite a few aunts who, who get involved in the racing as well? Yes, my auntie, she gave me a mare to train, um, Bechtelsheimer. She won like six races for me, five races for me. And now I own her and I've got a fold by Bellardo, if you please. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. how good. (laughs) Very Um, lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, With the the time in the UK, um, did you feel that was very beneficial to, to, to your sort of career in general? It was, yeah. When I come home... I did a little bit more time at Hanoi and then um, I got offered a contract to go into Japan to ride there and I was doing show jumping and track work. We were schooling um, young horses for jumping over there, for steeplechasing as well, which I love. And, um, yeah, sometimes show jumping. So I was quite blessed as well there because I ended up going to the UK and doing World Cup. They were qualifying for the Olympics. So some was in the um, qualifying for the Olympics. So, yeah, I got to go through all that process as well. Wow. So that was a big learner. Well, what was your role um, through the World Cup stuff? I was just grooming for him and translating him for him as well because I speak Japanese. Do you? And, Did um, you learn that when yeah. you were there? Yeah, I had to because I got sick of not knowing what everybody was talking about. And I'm like, oh, God. Bugger this, I'm going to learn it. So I did. <laughs> wow, good on you. What What was the culture like over there or what things could you apply to New Zealand that you learned over there? Mm, Training-wise, a different training method. Um, and I have utilised it a few times and it works, you know, but it's time-consuming, you know, like um, interval training and, you know, different processes they do there that I learned about and very interesting stuff. But, you know, understand why Japanese horses are so good and so dominant because they have the time and the training procedures and everything. You know, they're fit, hard horses when they go to the races. And um, if they're good, they're really good horses. They have to be strong, you know. It's like the Japanese work ethic. It's Mm. amazing. The same with the way they train their horses as well. And I think that's why they're so dominant. Yeah. So if you hold up, you're going to be a champion just by default, really, almost. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Out of those um, couple of uh, excursions overseas, did you ever consider sort of staying in Japan or staying in the UK? Well, I was in in Japan for 10 years. I stayed there for 10 years. Can you believe it? Goodness, yeah. Yeah. It was such a good lifestyle and... um, yeah, we got to travel within the job a lot, you know, to the States and to Europe. And, um, yeah, I was quite blessed, really, with those people. They were amazing. It was an amazing farm to work for. Mm. Very lovely. Do you have any connection with them still? Yeah, I do. Um, his son, he died, and his son's still competing. And his wife did World Cup last year and made the Olympic team for the Olympics at Tokyo, but, of course, no Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, goodness me. And and then off the back of Japan, uh, an opportunity with Colin Gillings came up. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, that was a bit of a fluke. I was, because um, Dad was working for Peter then, and uh, I come home and Dad called me into riding a couple of horses. I was never going to ride again, of course, as, mm-hmm. you, as you say. Mm-hmm. And I was just popping a couple of horses around here, and Jillo came in, and he's like, yeah, you're coming to 
ride track work tomorrow. I said, no, I'm never riding track work again. I'm over it. I'm over it. And he just kept on hassling me, him and Richard. And um, eventually I arrived in there one morning and that was it. Mm. I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and, and tell me, the, the, the learnings from, from that stable must have been huge. Do you apply a lot of that even today? Absolutely. Um, boss or Mr. Dillings has been a great mentor of mine. Um, I still ring him up. He rang me on Saturday on the way home when I was driving the truck home mm. and congratulated me. No, um, yeah, big inspiration. He pointed me in the direction I was going to go back to uni and do a um, hospitality course, but I didn't because he said, no, this is where you go, horses, horses. And, um, yeah, has had inspiration, and this is how I've ended up where I am now. Yeah. And you became Peter Walker's uh, private trainer, um, which you describe as your your dream job. Uh, how were you approached to do that? Well, I was actually had my own business pre-training and breaking, and I was riding track work as well. And um, I had a bit of an accident in the gates, and I sort of had to back off. And then Peter said, look, you're silly. You Come and work for me. Come and train for me. If you get hurt... You know, you've got no income and you've got to send your horses back because I was a solo operator. Yeah. And I thought about it and I thought, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be easier? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, uh, obviously a, a pretty good working relationship. How how has that um, developed over the years? Oh, there's been tough times and fantastic times. You know what it's like in racing. Um, Peter's a hard, hard man. Um, he's an truck driver as they say but um he's got a heart of gold and for all the gruffness and everything underneath he's a very good man to work for Mm. amazing he's been so great to me and yeah I've been blessed really blessed well tell me about the horses that you've got in work at the moment okay I've got two of roses and I've got one that raced yesterday went absolutely terrible he's (laughs) green as grass and hopeless um (laughs) I have to regroup on him yeah but um, Two three-year-olds, one Peter and I own Shears, a Sweet Orange, and a another Pure Champion, and then I've got one at a pre-trainer. So we've cut right back. So, yeah, I'm just sort of popping along at the moment, mm. finding out about these ones. Is that quite in- enjoyable to have a, a very much boutique operation? It is at the moment, yeah, because I'm the only staff member. I've got a girl that rides track work, and um, yeah, I'm doing it pretty much all myself. So I'm enjoying that because I'm more hands-on with the horses rather than um, having a whole lot of them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm liking this. I'm liking it. Uh, uh, is Peter breeding them? Are you breeding any or do, are you going to the sales and, and looking for what, ones that you'd like to purchase? Normally um, we have a couple of broodmares, but we've got rid of them. We've just got the one left that I've got. Um Normally, we prefer to buy because we know what we're buying mm. uh, rather than breed. Um, and we just like to get little cheapies a lot of the time and see if we can turn them around and do something with them, like sell them or race them or whatever we decide to do. So, yeah, it's sort of we try to keep it um, – not spend too much money and see if we can sell them. That's how we operate. Yeah. And what about the facilities? I know you're based at uh, Ardmore, but um, what facilities have you got there? Well, I'm at Peter's farm. Um, I've got the most beautiful – the horses are blessed here. It's like he- horse heaven, everyone tells me. <laughs> so luxuriously. Um, yeah, so they get everything they need. They've got beautiful paddocks, big trees that they go out in. And, yeah, life's pretty good for them. Mm. Really- 
uh, just talking to you about your career in racing, it sounds like we could have lost you to um, the breeding world, to the stud world with, with all your experience from um, Hanui and obviously internationally as well. Was there any ever any doubt that uh, training was for you? Was there a, a pull to the stud at any point? Training was definitely for me. Breeding is definitely not my thing. I don't like, um, I'm not good with blood much. So when they fall, <laughs> really my thing. So. Oh, no. <laughs> A bit gory for me, um, yeah. So, and plus, I got bored. Really, there was no one. Yeah, it was just boring. Mm. I didn't really. So, we're riding and um, racing has always been what I wanted to do. I knew that, but it was sort of a process I went through. And I mean, the more knowledge you have, and the more things you try. And you, you know, it's quite lucky I could follow me if I had to. But it's not one of those things I'd rather sort of stay away from that kind of work. But um, yeah. So I'm blessed that I've ended up on um, my favourite thing, racing. Mm. I'm I'm a big advocate myself for um, travelling and expanding your experience overseas. If you have to had to give advice to someone um, going overseas, what perhaps they could bring back and and what benefits there are, what would you say? It's an amazing. It just opens your eyes up. You see different ways. You learn different ways, and it's just the different styles, no matter what country you're in. I've ridden and track work in the States, Japan, England, Ireland. I mean, everywhere is different. And just little tidbits you pick up along the way, and it's the people you meet for contacts later in life. Yeah, it's just you're just lucky if you can do it. And it's a shame with this COVID now, it's all these young people can't get out of the country and experience all these things at the moment. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, what about a highlight in racing? What's been your biggest highlight? Well, Saturday was an amazing highlight, but I was blessed a long time ago. I had a horse called Crossroads. He won six in a row and his final win was the um, Dunstan Stairs. That was the biggest thrill that I had as probably in my second year of training. So, yeah, that was an amazing feeling as well. What about uh, a favourite horse? Does Crossroads take that prize too? Uh, no, Black Panther. I love Black Panther. He was a great horse. I rode him when I worked for Jolo and then I was lucky enough to get him to train. So, yeah, he was an amazingly beautiful. Yeah, he was a great horse. I love that horse. Uh, what about uh, what the future holds? Um, you sound so positive and so content in what you're doing at the moment, but do you have any goals or things you'd like to achieve in the next five or, or ten years? Um, at, at the moment, it's just doing what I'm doing and getting better at it and having nice horses. I want to win a group one. I really want to win a group one. Um, yeah, and it's going to be sort of things are going to change here with Peter being so – with his um, – stroke in that. So it's going to be interesting times to see what happens going forward. You know, I'd like to get my own little place and just continue. It's sort of, yeah, see what happens in the next few years. I'm not sure. It's sort of directions are changing, I would say. Mm, okay, exciting time. Well, we may have to catch up with you in a, in another couple of years <laughs> or a year or so. Joanne, it's been great to talk to you. Um, massive congratulations with Shoa Roses and, and no doubt we'll be talking to you again soon when, when she does the job again, hopefully gives you that Group 1 win. Thank you so much, Emily. You have a fantastic day. Lovely talking to you too. This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word.